This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 165. This episode is brought to you by Pretty Nerdy Press. Pretty Nerdy Press offers beautifully designed educational posters for your home and classroom. If you want your educational posters to blend seamlessly into your home decor without sticking out like a sore thumb, then check out all the beautiful goodies that Pretty Nerdy Press has to offer. And if you use the code for one more at checkout, you'll get 10% off your order. You can find them at foronemore.com forward slash pretty nerdy. Welcome to episode 165. You can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 165. Today I'm chatting with homeschool mom, Katie Lewis. She's the founder of Dear Mushka, a Nashville-based company that pairs jewelry, apparel, and home goods with scripture. Since 2014, Katie and her husband, Robert, have been on a mission to help women store God's truths deep in their heart and equip them to share them with those in need. Each Dear Mushka piece reflects scripture and comes paired with a corresponding verse card thoughtfully designed to share hope and truth in a way that feels authentic, doable, and beautiful. It was really great to be able to talk to Katie. I think you'll be encouraged and inspired to hear her adoption story. And I think that you'll love the conversation we have around gospel-centered parenting and how to find time in our busy routines to really be in scripture and prayer on a more regular basis. So there's so many little nuggets in this conversation that I hope will be encouraging for all of you homeschool moms out there. No matter if you're adopting or not, no matter if you're interested in adoption, we talk about a lot of other topics too. So I hope this will encourage you so much. And of course, we will link to Katie's site and all the things you can find over there at Dear Mushka. And you can find all the links to everything we discussed today in the show notes, which you can find at 41more.com forward slash 165. All right, here's my conversation with Katie Lewis. We are so glad to be here with Katie Lewis, and we are going to talk about some great topics that are near and dear to both of us. We have a lot in common here, but before we jump into the nitty gritty, I'm going to go ahead and have Katie introduce herself, Katie, to the homeschooling moms who are listening today. Go ahead and tell us where you live, a little bit about your family and who you are. Yeah, Abby, thank you so, so much for having me. This is such a joy. So I am Katie. I've been married to my husband for 12 years. We have four children and one on the way. Um, Our oldest just finished first grade. So we are new to homeschooling. We're just kind of stepping in there. We've got another one starting kindergarten. Actually, we we decided to start this summer. So it's our first kind of attempt at two children. Um, But here we go. And we live just south of Nashville, Tennessee. 
That's awesome. So yeah, with a lot of kids all under like kindergarten, first grade age, I know exactly what that life is like because my kids were so close in age like that too. And it's a lot of fun, but it is like so busy, right? So I know it takes a lot of energy. Yes. So busy. (laughs) And so many children not in school that are under the table, under your feet, wanting to be involved. That's right. It's a lot of fun though. It is totally a lot of fun. So tell us, we're going to start, we're going to get into homeschooling because that's going to come in like different gospel centered ideas that we want to talk about, which is really important to your story. But first, let's kind of go back and just give us a glimpse into your adoption. I know we have adopted as well, and people do love to hear the kind of the why behind it. Like they're like, why would you do that? You know, what, what do we need to know? What are the challenges? People like to know, some people are considering it, but really want to hear a firsthand, you know, experience with it. And so maybe just take us back to when you started your adoptions. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, there's so much to say. How long is your podcast? Yeah. <laughs> um, so for us, before we even pursued having biological children, I felt kind of a distinct calling, maybe the first time I'd ever really felt this from God to adopt. And we did not know any other families who had adopted. This idea was completely new to us. We had not walked through infertility, which I feel like is sometimes the catalyst for adoption. And and so I brought the idea to my husband and he looked at me like, you're crazy. Why would we do that? (laughs) Which I think now we can both laugh about, but that, that was just where we were. You know, why would we start with adoption right off the bat? And I always tell people that part of the story, because I think a lot of women maybe feel a um, a nudge towards adoption, but they know their husband would not be on board right away. And I want to say that that's very normal. I think it happens to a lot of families. Um, And I think part of the reason maybe God does that is because it sets us up to pursue prayer right off the bat. And that's all I could do. I knew that God was for our family and he was for our marriage and he was not going to put something in front of me that I felt like, okay, we, we're never going to be able to figure this out. And for our whole lives, we're going to be so, you know, like I wanted biological and I wanted adoption. And so I just started praying. And for a year, it took almost a year for my husband and I to get on the same page. And eventually he did. He, out of the blue, he just said, okay, I think we should pursue adoption. Let's start tomorrow. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but I think that's just important to know going into it. You know, we are we were kind of the opposite in that we had our biological kids first and we could have kept having biological kids but we were like, you know what? I think God wants us to adopt. There's just a difference uh-huh. in adopting and and you know, searching out that child who is not related to you but you you promise to love them and make them a part of your family. I think it's just it is like a calling and we felt the same way. We were just like nudged by the Lord, like this is what you need to do, like a way to live out your faith. And that's how we kind of came upon it. And it's, you're right. Like if you don't experience infertility, you think, well, maybe we shouldn't adopt. Maybe that's more for families who can't have their own children. But I think it's for everyone, if, especially if we're called by God to do it, we're adopted as his children. It's kind of how we looked at it. Tell me about the role that your faith played in this whole process also. Yes, absolutely. Well, I would agree with much of what you just said. Beyond me feeling like God called us to this, um, we read the book Adopted for Life by Russell Moore. And in that, he talks about exactly what you just said, that 
we are adopted into God's family. And um, so it just sets the precedent for what it should look like coming in to your family as you bring another child in, you know, as you stand before a judge and you say, I promise to give them my inheritance, Mm -hmm. just like I would give a child that I birthed. You know, it's so powerful. And that's how we felt with all of our adoptions completely. Wow. What was the process like? Now, domestically, we did an international. I know they're quite different, but like, was it like a year long? Like how long did the process take for each one? You know, I have to tell you, we, so we've adopted our three oldest boys and all of them came into our family faster than I could have grown a baby, which is not always the case for everybody. Um, Our first ended up being a private adoption. We had a family that knew we were adopting at church. And they said, I've got this connection. Are you interested? You know, it felt kind of casual at first. And then it was like, the baby is due in one week. All right. Are you in? And that's a whole story, Abby. Do you want to hear it? Do you have time to sure. hear this Is that your first? Was that your yeah, first? Yes. So this before? was our first. So with him, we knew we were supposed to adopt. I felt like God had said, your first child will come through adoption. He gave us a verse from Isaiah that said, um, I have called you by name. You are mine. That's kind of the verse we were praying over this child. And we chose names like all expectant parents do, you know, and we had one boy name we are so attached to. I mean, we just really wanted the name Brooks. And so when we found out about this little baby that was going to be born, we learned that his birth, his birth mother was pretty attached to a name. She would be willing to place her child into our family, but she really wanted us to use that name. And we were like, oh no, here we go. We're going to, you know, we're going to have to lay down this name Brooks. Girl, it was Brooks. That is his biological family name, Generations. And so, I mean, of course, we were just sobbing as we heard this on the phone. Like, the Lord completely went before us. He truly called this child by name. And so there you go. And so I feel like right off the bat, he was like, I've got you. And just trust me. Just trust me. You're in for a beautiful, wild ride. Wow. So that one just kind of landed in your lap. Someone just connected you. Like, I know a lot of families who are interested in adoption feel overwhelmed at, like, where do you look? Like, where do you go? Where do you go to let people know, hey, we're willing? So do you have any ideas for that? Where would families go to, like, get their names in line, basically, to adopt? Well, (laughs) yeah, that's a great question. So that one was just being willing to put our name out there and to say, hey, If you happen to know of any connection, think of us. Um, But beyond that, what we did for our second two was we used a consultant group. And I don't think everybody knows about consultant groups, but they can be really wonderful. You do pay a fee for them. Usually it's maybe an extra $2,000, which is not nothing. Uh, But basically what a consultant group does is they put your name out there to multiple adoption agencies rather than you just signing up with one. And so that can be really beneficial because we weren't just in line with maybe, you know, Bethany Christian services or something. We, our name was out there with probably 20 to 30 agencies and the the consultant group does all the organizing. You don't have to keep track of that, but it just means that the chances of you getting matched with the child God has for you and bringing them home quickly are a lot higher. So I always recommend that to people if they feel like they can make it work. And how do you know if it's like a legit consultant group? Is there a way to check that? You know what I mean? Yes, that's a very good question. You know, I kind of asked my husband to make sure, yeah. but we really went by word of mouth. Okay. We, we knew one other family at that point who had used, we used faithful adoption consultants. Uh, we knew one other family who had used them and we trusted them. They had a great experience. And so we just kind of went from there and prayed the whole time that the Lord would stop us if we were doing anything that didn't honor him. Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah. But yes, I, it's a big, there's so much out there. There's so much information, so many agencies. Absolutely. I know we found that was challenging also with international, like knowing is this agency legit? Can we trust them? Like what's their track record? And so you're right. Word of mouth and testimonials of other families is really helpful to know you're working with someone that you can trust and and to be ethical and all of that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing that we did not, we were not really passionate about as we began and we were by the end of our adoption as we just educated ourselves was, is this going to be a consultant group that works with agencies that really care for the birth mother? Um, We just didn't, we didn't know what we didn't know going into it. And fortunately, Faithful Adoption Consultants was, they were very committed to only working with agencies that provided counseling and care for birth mothers. But that's one thing I would say for anybody who's thinking about adoption to keep that on the front of their mind as they're interviewing agencies or choosing a consultant group. And that's an easy question to ask. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really good. I wouldn't have necessarily thought of that because internationally, you don't necessarily have a lot of connection with the birth mom like you would domestically. Right. They're they're two different, like they're very different processes. They really are. And I think international can take a long time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, my boys were talking about their little sister who was going to come home for years and years before she was even born. So it take a lot. It was longer, way longer than all my pregnancies combined, I think. (laughs) Yes, opposite, opposite, totally, but totally worth the wait and all that. But I know that, um, you know, the financial part of it, like you said, $2,000 isn't nothing. Like there's all these fees that even domestically that you have for adoption. So tell us kind of how you were able to fund your adoption and, and get a little bit into Dear Mushka and tell us how that all came to be. Yes, absolutely. So Dear Mushka is our business. It's now our family business. I know it's got a funny name. Uh, Just briefly, I'll say where that started was that my mom passed away right after my husband and I got married. She called me Mushka growing up. It's a term of endearment. It means little one with big eyes. And so I started a blog called Dear Mushka, which was just letters to my future children, if they happen to want to read that information about our first years of marriage. And so when we started the adoption process, I thought, man, I think I can probably sell something on Etsy and just kind of use it as a fundraiser. And so we kept the the same name. It was like a tangible love letter to our children, our little mushkas coming up. Uh, So we started a jewelry business. I started a jewelry business at the time and God grew it. Uh, It was amazing. I mean, beyond what I ever could have imagined. And so now it is our family business. We have a studio and employees and all of that. But for all of our adoptions, God has used those specific finances to help bring our children into our family. That is amazing. Um, I did a similar thing. Now, my Etsy shop is not like Dear Mushka. It's not that big, but it did. It was enough for us to cover our adoption and keep going and be able to help some other families with theirs too. Like, not huge, but you know, like a little bit here and there is a huge deal. And it feels like God kind of, when you're like, okay, I'm willing to adopt. Now, how are we going to finance it? It is God kind of uses what you have in your own talents or your passions and he can make, it's amazing. Cause I look, I look back at my Etsy shop and I was like the exact years we needed the money. That's when the sales were like crazy. And I was like, uh-huh. that was God, right? Like he totally, yes. totally provided. So I, this is so funny how much we have in common. This is crazy. <laughs> but I love, I love that. So, okay. So if someone goes to Dear Mushka, like what do you sell? And I know you pair scripture with, with your pieces. So kind of tell us about that. 
Yeah. So as the business grew, I realized that this was more than just a little fundraiser. This was really turning into a way for me to minister to others, especially when social media became a thing and I had an Instagram presence a little bit. Um, and so I I started pairing every piece of jewelry we sold with a verse from scripture. So they were all kind of designed around that. Like, for example, um, I'm currently wearing a necklace and it's got a piece of metal kind of bent down and it's it was based on Psalm 116, which says, because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. So the idea is that every piece comes with a verse card for you to maybe put on your bathroom mirror or just memorize, think about throughout your day as you wear your pieces. You know, as women casually compliment one another, oh, love your necklace. It's also a gospel conversation starter, I hope. Um, and that's what Dear Mishka has really become. Now we have art prints and apparel and verse cards. You know, one thing kind of leads to another, but it truly is my ministry and a way for me to and just kind of serve God while I'm home, homeschooling, all of this. So did you originally start on Etsy and then transition over to your own site? Yes, okay. absolutely. And I think we still have an Etsy platform maybe because it's a good way for people to find you, but right. mostly we just sell on dearmishka.com yeah. at this point. Yeah. And see, I think that like if someone's listening and they're like, hey, I want to adopt too and I don't know about finances, I have met so many people that have done similar things. Like you just start a little side business or, you know, something that you're interested in. And it's amazing how God can grow it miraculously to pay for what he's called you to do. I think that's so encouraging. Oh, absolutely. I think he uses all of our skills and giftings, whether that's creating, I don't know, quilts or art prints, or maybe a serve. I have a friend who adopted and she organized people's closets for money. She was like, I am passionate about this. Can I please come in and do that? And that's how they raised a lot of money for their adoption. So definitely don't let the finances scare you. I, yes. Cause I feel like that does keep so many people back, even from moving forward in the process that just shuts them down. But I think, I, tell me if you felt the same way, like during my adopt, our adoption could, because there were finances, finances are such a huge deal. It did cause our faith to grow and our trust in the Lord more than if we would have just had the money in our bank account, we had to trust him for every bill. And it was like such a time of where our faith was growing just by leaps and bounds because we had to trust God so much to provide. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think we could apply that as a blanket statement to any financial issues. You know, I think scripture speaks so much to our heart and our money being tied together. And it really is an opportunity for us to see where we might have idols and where we are just relying on worldly things more than the Lord. I think he longs for us to come to him and say, we have this need. We want to serve you. Please help. And he he wants to be a good father who provides for us. And it can be a beautiful faith building time. Absolutely. So you were talking about how your pieces pair scripture. So I know that incorporating scripture into daily um, daily routines with moms and stuff is a big thing that you talk about and, and love to encourage people on. So talk to us about like how can busy moms with all these little kids at home, how can we incorporate prayer and scripture and meditation, all these things that are important, but we feel like we have no time. Like how can we fit that in our day? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's funny, before I had kids, I was probably like a typical American woman waking up with my cup of coffee and I'd light my candle, whatever this ideal scene is. And then you start to have little children and you realize, 
oh, my time is not my time anymore, and I can't rely on that. And so what does it look like to find God and to worship God with all of these people underfoot when it's probably not quiet and serene? And what I have found is that God is so ready to meet us in those moments. Um, And as we are learning ourselves, we can just share that, that overflow with our children. You know, discipleship doesn't have to look like this very formal stiff activity. It truly is opening our Bibles at the kitchen table as we're making, you know, we're like throwing scrambled eggs across the table. And and also let's read this chapter together. And okay, let's pray when we fall down and we get hurt. And um, for us just being willing to say, today is a really hard day for mommy. Could you pray for me? Could we pray together? Showing them what it looks like just to walk with the Lord moment by moment. And it, I think it's so beautiful. And I'm learning to see that God is right there with me every second of every day. Mm -hmm. So how would you define like gospel-centered homeschooling, gospel-centered parenting? You've kind of given us a little bit of that in that answer, but like, what does that look like? What what are your goals for your kids as they're getting a little older as far as that goes? Yeah, that's a good, big question. So I actually have this reminder that pops up on my phone every morning at 8 a.m. And it just says, give them Jesus. Mm -hmm. And for me, what gospel-centered home life, homeschooling, all of that looks like is just giving my children Jesus every day, letting that be our biggest priority. Um, So as we homeschool, one thing we did that was helpful for me is that I decided to name our school the Armory, which is not a name we like officially say all the time, but it helps remind me that God has created our minds and education is really good, but we are here for a bigger purpose. And with all these little boys we're raising, Armory felt like a really good warlike word for them. You know, but an Armory is a place where weapons are kept um, or it's kind of an array of resources for a particular purpose. And so it reminds me that we can put on the armor of God as we're sitting down and we're doing math or we're doing reading, that we are learning these skills for a bigger purpose than just a future career one day or financial stability like we were talking about. We're really doing it so that we can gain resources to serve God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I tell me if you if you found this also, I think it's so helpful with our kids is when we're when they see that we're sinners too, right? And it's like yes. the whole like mommy did wrong and I need to ask you forgiveness because I lost my temper with you or whatever. It's like this whole a whole being able to just show, look, I need the Lord too. And that's such a big part of just living family life and living it together. And the whole discipleship thing, like you said, it's not a formal curriculum. It's just like natural life together and modeling for them how we should react to each other or respond or ask forgiveness. Have you seen that kind of thing play out in your house too? Yes. And I don't know if you're the same way. I did. I grew up in a Christian home, but that was never modeled for me. I don't remember my parents ever coming to me and saying, I sinned against you and I am so sorry. Do you forgive me? Um, and just having this moment of reconciliation. And so I'm, I'm very grateful to, for the women who went before me and kind of modeled that so I could see it. And now, yes, it's something we do in our home. And it's so beautiful for them to see that I am more like them, my children, than I am like God. You know, I mean, I need Jesus just as much as they do. And I think when we humbly show that to our children, it kind of takes down the the defenses. They feel like they don't have to be perfect for me to love them because I certainly am not perfect. And together we are just going to approach the throne. Yeah, absolutely. 
Now I didn't, I didn't warn you. I would ask this, but I'm going to ask anyway, if you don't have an answer, that's fine. But I was just thinking about like books that have made a difference when I'm thinking about, like you said, that I was raised in a Christian home also, but I feel like my own parenting um, has come with like reading really good gospel centered books. And so yeah. I would say, I don't know if you've ever read Give Them Grace by Elise Fitzpatrick. I would say yes. that was a really great, oh, it just like set, it just helped you change your mindset to like a really gospel, like this authentic, hey, we can also say we're sinners to our kids. Like they can see us modeling it. I felt like that was a really helpful one in my life. Did you have any books that have really made a difference? Yes, I would put that one on my list. And then the other one I would say is Parenting by Paul David Tripp. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've read that, but it is just gospel after gospel after gospel and how that ties into our parenting. It was very convicting. And it's a book that I go back to every year or two for the same reason. Okay, cool. So we will link to those too, because I know like people are looking for book recommendations. So that's really helpful. As we wrap up, do you have any final encouragement for the homeschooling moms who are listening today? Oh man, I think I would go back to what I said before, which is just to give your children Jesus, that schooling is so powerful, but it is not everything. And our children, um, they are not going to make it or break it based on what we can or can't give them, that they are in bigger hands than ours. And we can rest in that. We can just find joy in homeschooling because I am made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God and our children are, he loves them and he wants to bless us through Christ. And so if we can remember that each day, I think it can just fill our time with joy rather than pressure. Oh yeah. I was just going to say, it takes the whole big responsibility of pressure off your shoulders. It's not up to us ultimately. Yeah. Yes. Now remind me of that as I learned yeah. to parent too with three little ones around. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's a con- you're right. It's a constant. Like what do they say? You have to preach the gospel to yourself constantly, uh-huh. right? And keep coming back to it. So that's awesome. Katie, this has been really encouraging. We're going to put links to everything in the show notes. But where can people find you online? Dear Mushka, everywhere. It just spelled D E A R, like you're writing a letter, and then Mushka and U S H K A. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us and encouraging us today with your story and your resources. And it was really great to meet you, even virtually. It's it's so fun to meet another mom with kindred spirits. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I hope you've been inspired and encouraged today by my conversation with KD. Be sure to check out links at 41more.com forward slash 165. And don't forget to check out Pretty Nerdy Press at 41more.com forward slash pretty nerdy. Join us next week for another awesome interview. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.